Welcome on into the 2-3 podcast. I'm Cam. That's Zach. Episode 10, what the heck is a Hoya edition? It's game day, baby. The boys continue their road trip to D.C. to face Georgetown. Cam, how are we feeling? After the Villanova loss, which I think, if there is such a thing, was actually one of our better losses for the year. Um, I think that we are going into the Georgetown matchup feeling pretty good, but still some things that we need to work on, Zach, that have that were definitely apparent in the Villanova game. Yeah, we'll touch more on the the Nova game later, but like Cam mentioned, it was what you could call a good loss. Um, but the first thing that I want to get to is today's matchup against Georgetown. I got to ask... Is the rivalry still alive? How are we feeling about that? I think back in the Big East days, the rivalry was the rivalry. Excuse me, was pretty. It, it was pretty well compared to like the rivalry now against Duke. Obviously, now that Houston and Georgetown are no longer in the Big East together, um, I still think that while it's not on the Duke level, I still think that Georgetown and Houston probably like a solid number two in the rivalry category as far as the basketball team goes. Still a ton of history there and still a ton of culture between the two schools and a lot of hatred for against like Georgetown fans and Cuse fans. I don't think that there's any uh, love lost between these two. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the amount of history and the great history between these two programs. Obviously, these teams go way back in the Big East. Arguably, they built the Big East to what it was back in the day. Um, so obviously there's some rivalry there, but I think the biggest downside to this rivalry in recent days is just, I guess you could say, you know, Georgetown Syracuse isn't quite the same powerhouse that they used to be, especially Georgetown. I know they made the tournament last year, but the previous time before that was like 2015. The first time they did anything was 2007, I believe. So, (laughs) you know, not to, you know, knock down Georgetown too much, even though I'm going to. I mean, who cares? Like, who cares? It's Georgetown, dude. Who cares? But, you know, it's just not the same when, you know, two powerhouses aren't going up against each other. No, you're absolutely right. I think back to, like, the UConn days when UConn was really balling out with Jim Calhoun at the helm. And I think that the three schools between, between the, well, I think that Georgetown and Syracuse might have built up the Big East to what it was kind of before UConn came into the picture, but UConn certainly helped the cause. But um, yeah, you know, Syracuse, I guess you could kind of say the, the same for Cuse is that they, they weren't, they weren't necessarily this or They haven't been the same as they were back in like the Big East days when they were sort of like the, just the Big East as a whole was just this, this huge conference that nobody wanted to screw around with. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were, they were winning conference championships, and we haven't done well in the ACC conference championship yet. So it was a, it's a different right. time. It is a different time. So I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of really solid history to be had here. Um, I don't think that it's a case where like, oh, you know, it's never going to be the same as it once was. I think that since they've actually started to play each other again as of recently, I think that it's started to kind of pick up steam a little bit, and it started to not really be what it once was, but it's starting to kind of get to that level. 
Um, and you know, I just, I miss the big East days, the, the time when like nobody wanted to mess around the conference. Obviously those are long gone now, but, uh, still going to be a fun game regardless coming up here soon. In recent memory, we've had some pretty good moments. Like last year, Dolezal, our boy Dolezal lost his tooth in a Georgetown game. He took like an elbow to the face or something, right? I can't remember exactly what happened there. I think he did take an elbow to the face. Yeah. Knocked out part of his tooth and the uh, the picture video of him smiling as he's walking All down the court. smiles from beautiful. Dolezal. That's like the Dolezal career in a nutshell, right there. If you could, if you could basically hang up Dolezal's career like in a picture, put it on your wall. That's it, right there. That's just that is poetry. Yeah, I want that picture on my wall. And then another <laughs> one is another one is the Tyus Battle game winner. That was a great shot. Yeah, that was back in 2018. Kind of the Tyus mean man look. That's sort of his staple in a Cuse uniform. Uh, I do remember that shot, and it was it was nice to see the uh, the dome go crazy. I'm kind of hoping that uh, we can get the dome to go crazy again like that this year. But again, like it's one of those things, Zach, where it was not what it used to be. It probably will never be what it used to be, but it's certainly coming back. Just like the the Cuse of Villanova game, like kind of brought back the sort of nostalgic vibes, and even the commentators were saying like. This should not be this long before these two like face off against one another. Right, yeah. There's something beautiful about refacing an old foe from the past, especially when there's so much history between the two programs and two great programs, whether it's Villanova or Georgetown. You love to see it. Let's break down Georgetown as a formidable foe. They are four and four. They're coming off a one hundred to seventy one win against UMBC. And sort of the highlight of this sack, somebody that's really stood out to us on this Hoya team is Caden Rice. He's a grad student. I believe he came from the Citadel. And in the game against UMBC, he had 12 three, three attempts, made 10 of them, ended up having 34 points in the game. This guy only shoots threes, Zach. And that's it. That's like the, the his bread and butter, and that's all he wants to do. Yeah, this guy's lethal. We did go through his his stat line though, and there are some games where he's a little cold and went O for whatever he went O for. Not a little cold, man. That's like nuclear cold. That's that's like he didn't he didn't hit anything. Yeah. So he he lives or dies by the three, obviously. So when he's making them, he's hot. When he's not, then he's ice cold, and not the good ice cold. And one thing that the zone is going to do, if you're if you're missing threes like all the time, the zone's going to open that up. Like they're going to let you shoot those threes, and you're going to miss. You're going to look very very silly out there. But the problem is, if you're hitting those, then it's kind of you know that's the that's the biggest um, hole in the zone, I guess. Especially for this year when we're starting to you know we've got a we got a group of guys that are starting to kind of learn the zone a little bit and trying to uh, make up for it with their athleticism. Um, we could see Jim maybe go back to that one one three again. It worked a little bit against Villanova. I thought it was fairly effective. Um, I think that we could probably see that against the uh, the Hoyas and hopefully trying to slow down Caden Rice. Yeah, I mean, as long as the one one three keeps working, I think we're going to go with it. Uh, I think it's way more effective. It helps you utilize our length way better. And I think that's going to help us limit Caden Rice today. I think... We can use our length. Obviously, that's going to be the scouting report. He just was on fire the previous game. He had a good warm up, you know, ten for twelve. That's no joke. So he, he we're going to be our eyes are going to be on him, and I really hope we limit him today. 
And if you want further proof that this guy lives or dies by the three, 84% of his shots are threes. So like if he's not hitting, then just let him keep shooting threes because that's all he's going to want to do. Um, it kind of is like Villanova who ended up shooting like 53s in the game. And that's just what they wanted to do. It's like Florida state. That's what they wanted to do. So let them do it, I think. And I think that that's kind of, that's gotta be the game plan. Zach is just like, let them do it. And if they're going to hit, then you try to shut them down. But if they're not, then just let them kind of shoot themselves in the foot. So at Georgetown, 12 o'clock. On Fox, of all things, too, Zach, I looked at that and I was a little confused because normally we're on ESPN, but it is nice to be, you know, a little change of pace. Fox's layout of their broadcast is pretty nice. ESPN disrespecting the rivalry kind of kind of weak, kind of weak. That is true. That is true. I wonder what they have instead of, it's got to be like something that we don't care about. Just who cares? Who cares what ESPN has? But Zach, we're 0-2 in the scripts and we got the we got the scripts coming up later today. I'm a little nervous, man, because I want the scripts to get a win, and we just we look so good in them. You just got to get a win in them. You obviously look great, and as much as I'm like, oh, we gotta stop wearing the scripts, we losing them. Like it, that, it's not true, but it it start it, it kind of feels like it is true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like even in like past years, it has been a little bit tough. That we're, you know, kind of wearing the scripts, looking good, looking clean, and we're not getting any wins out of it. So that is a little bit difficult. Zach, I have found what game is taking place on ESPN instead of Syracuse Georgetown. What game could possibly be more important than Syracuse against Georgetown? It is none other than the Kansas Missouri game taking place later, a little bit later. Um, than the start of the, than the start time of Syracuse and Georgetown. That makes me very sad because Missouri is terrible and Kansas is very good. So there's like no chance at all. But eh, whatever. I'm not gonna yell at ESPN too much. It is what it is. Let's go on, Zach, to the Villanova loss, 67-53. Again, this was a pretty good loss. There were a few. There were a couple of good things to take away from this. There were also a couple of things that. Um, we need to take away that we absolutely needed to work on. But the fact that Villanova being one of the best teams in the country and we were able to compete with them, I think says quite a bit about like where we are as a team. Yeah, it was great. I, in that first half, we were up by three. 29-26 was the final score of the first half. And just being able to compete with them. Obviously, down the stretch, I think maybe like the last five minutes is when we truly, truly lost it. Obviously, you know, Villanova came out in the second half and started to look way better and we're starting to make shots. But just the fact we were able to hang in, compete, and not have a terrible loss and have a good loss to them is super impressive. And it's just showing the, the huge strides we're making. Jim said in his presser that we're not there, but we can get there. I think that's huge because we've been kind of questioning if this team, you know, when this team could kind of get going and you saw glimpses of how good this team can be during this game against Villanova, I was thoroughly impressed with the performance, especially like 90% of the game. It was actually a, an enjoyable slugfest of a game, but it ended up just being like, you know, one of the games where 
the scoreboard doesn't really tell the whole story. I think that, you know, we did lose by 14, but it wasn't that big of a victory for them. Uh, there was some solid defensive play by the Orange. Offense, I still feel like needs to be worked on a little bit, but overall, very impressed with the with the performance so far from the guys. Yeah, the new zone forced Nova to shoot a program record of 53s. They made 13 of those, 26%, which is super low compared to what they came in shooting at 42%. This is the second game in the row where we saw our opponent miss a lot of threes and take a lot of threes. And I feel like that's probably what you're going to be seeing later today against Georgetown too, is they're going to be taking quite a bit of threes. And if they're missing, just let them keep shooting again, let them keep shooting themselves in the foot. That is fine. But I mean, the game against FSU, I really don't know what they were doing. They were, they only made four of them and they just kept going. Like they just kept going back to the three, back to the three, back to like at some point, don't you have to, as a coach say, Hey guys, we're not making these. Maybe you should like, you know, try moving the ball a little bit. We're starting to see where our team, where our zone is least effective. And that's when it comes to ball movement, Zach. But when we're playing a team, this is going to sound very silly, but when we're playing a team that is basically beating themselves, we usually hang on pretty well against them. And we usually just kind of like stay out of their way and just kind of let them do their thing. So at least I think that's pretty promising heading into uh, ACC play. Yeah, I do want to ask, in these last two games, some of these shots are quote-unquote open. And I want to ask, are, are we getting luck, lucky with the, with these kind of low miss percentages? Like I said, Villanova shot 26, and then FSU even shot 13.3, even worse. So are we getting lucky with this? Or is the zone actually doing a good job and frazzling our opponents and get, getting them out of the rotations and they're just not comfortable taking those shots? Well, I think that the zone is doing a pretty good job of just exposing poor shooting. If you've got a player who, again, is just missing everything and they can't get it to go in, then just let them keep shooting because then you can just get the rebound and just head up the floor and just try your your luck at, you know, uh, uh, some sort of play. But um, I like to think that Jim is trying to expose the poor shooting that these teams are having. Um, it's just a matter of can our offense actually match the play style? Because again, we only beat Florida State by three and they ended up only making four threes out of the entire game and we ended up losing to Villanova. So it's got to be one of those things where if you've got a team that's shooting poor, you have to match them and you have to actually like take your chances on offense and not get exposed yourself. Half the job is getting a stop. But then you gotta you gotta make it on the other end of the court, and sometimes we do struggle, or it goes back and forth, and no one's scoring. Especially when you're down, like you get a stop, or you get a you know missed re- rebound three, you gotta go on under the court and score. And that's that's a problem we came up with against Villanova. So I want to flip the question onto you. Do you think that our zone is becoming more athletic, or do you think that we're just more or less adjusting to the kind of players that we have, and we're just trying to make do with with the you know with what we've got? I mean, I think again, this is just a testament of utilizing our guys better. We're not as athletic as we've been in the past, but we have great length with both our forwards being you know six nine, six eight. 
we have great length at, at our forward position. And if those guys are farther out and with the one one three, they are, they're farther out on the perimeter, they can get to their, their shooters quicker. And I think that's a huge benefit. I don't necessarily think we're more athletic. I just think we're utilizing the guys better. I'm a little worried that maybe we're going to be exposed here down the line if we come across a team that's actually shooting the lights out of the building, kind of like a, a Colgate who couldn't miss anything. And now we're seeing that Colgate really isn't that great of an opponent. It's kind of going down as a, a bad loss if there is one. So I'm a little bit worried if we're going to be coming across a team, which we probably inevitably will, that is just going to be solid and they're just going to be making everything. This style of defense can only last for so long, Zach. And I'm a little bit worried that eventually it might catch up to us. You think so? I think so. I think that I, I don't think it's that serious of an issue right now. But I think it's something that you kind of need to look look for if you're Jim kind of down the line. Because again, if you go up against Georgetown and it turns out that Caden Rice is actually like making everything, then he's going to be lethal from three and you can't leave him exposed. We've seen that against Colgate. We've seen that against like Auburn who was shooting pretty well. And I'm just worried that maybe down the line it might be exposed a little bit. Hopefully that switch from the 2-3 to a 1-1-3 is going to be able to kind of throw off the offense a little bit. But uh, in the meantime, we really need to get our offense going and try to get some of our rebounds and actually like control the ball for once and actually have a solid offensive performance, which I feel like we've been missing a little bit. Yeah, I do want to touch on real quick. I do think from what we've seen so far, it's only been a few games. I think this is our third game where we were playing the one one three. But from what we've seen so far, so early, there's still time for teams to, you know, get hot and actually, you know, make a decent percentage of three point shots. But I think so far it's it's a change we needed and it's it's effective. Like maybe one day it's inevitable that one team's gonna have a really good shooting day and, you know, just burn us just because, you know, every everything just goes in, it happens. But I don't know if that's necessarily because of bad defense or if it's just like, you know, probability and, and it's just one day a team that has a really good shooter is just going to go off because of probability and you know a really good shooter is going to have a really good day but yeah back to the rebounding struggle this was a real tough one 57 to 36 a 21 rebounding advantage for nova yeah and that was absolutely the difference maker in this there were 25 second chance points and Cole's 12 rebounds was like the one positive thing to come out of the rebounding stat. You're not going to win a game if you're getting out-rebounded that badly against a team that is is top 10 in the nation. And it, it's clear, I think, that was probably our biggest hole in this game was just the lack of rebounding in general. Um, and we've seen that kind of throughout the year that we're struggling a little bit on it, but we've seen as well that we can absolutely out-rebound a team very easily. We are, when we're hot, we are hot, but it's just a matter of trying to learn ourselves a little bit. And I still feel like, Zach, we're still trying to learn, like Jesse's still trying to learn a little bit. Um, and we're, just, we're just trying to get everything together and piece everything together. Yeah, and some of it comes down to just like grit and going for those 50-50 balls jumping on the ground, just getting like tough and, and like a little dirty, getting out getting get some mud on on your on your heels and on your elbows. 
And we didn't really see that as much as Villanova. Not that they completely buoyed us. Like obviously we had the height advantage against Villanova, but they they seemed like to get more of the 50-50 balls. And overall, they seemed a bit more aggressive than us. I mean, I would say we are a bit of a timid team when it comes to that. Syracuse kind of has been more timid compared in comparison to other teams that are very like aggressive and whatever in recent years. But I, I do think a better effort of getting those 50-50 balls would help this rebounding struggle too. And one note, one stat that really jumps out to you when you look at the rebounding margin, again, like we said, Villanova had 57 rebounds. 27 of those were offensive rebounds compared to us at 11. We had 11 offensive rebounds. That's just... that's. That's going to make or break a game for you, Zach, especially a team like Villanova. When you only have seven second chance points, you're not going to be able to do anything against them if you can't rebound the ball and put it back up. Yeah, just like mentally watching, and I'm sure being in the game where they shoot, get the rebound, shoot, get the rebound, shoot, get the rebound. Well, that's happened like a few times throughout the game or just getting an offensive rebound in general. It's It's just draining. It's tough to watch. And obviously the guys are trying, but like they're just they're just out of position. They just keep jumping up for it, and Nova just kept getting it. It, it was it was tough. That that really 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 hurt us. Let's go to a positive in this. Jimmy Beheim was sensational. This is absolutely the best performance that we've seen from Jimmy in an orange uniform. He had 21 points, a team high. He was unstoppable at some time, Zach, and it kind of shows the potential that he has. And, you know, we've seen glimpses of this earlier in the year, but he really put it all together against Villanova. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, this is his best performance. Got to echo that from what you said. And like you said, again, his his takes to the rim were beautiful. I mean, there was times in the game where it's like, just go to Jimmy. He, he's, he's got yeah. he's got that all day, and he did. He he just kept taking it, taking it, taking it. It was, it was, it was truly beautiful. It's amazing how he can just carve his way into a defense like they're not even there. And even if he is being contested, he's still going to put it up. He's still still probably going to go in, or at least he's going to try to draw a foul or something. But it was an, it was super impressive to see the level of you know just intensity that he has. I don't know if anybody was sort of skeptical about his play coming from the Ivy League to see if it would translate to the ACC. I was curious to see if it was going to translate, Zach, but I think after this game, there's just no question that he can absolutely succeed here in the ACC. Yeah, 21 points in Madison Square Garden versus number six Villanova. Like, that's the real deal. Yeah, it is. And I think, again, heading into ACC play, I think that we're going to see a lot more from him and a lot more of what he can do. The The fact that the season is so young and he's putting up a performance like that was just incredible to see. And I think it was like one of the one of the lone bright spots of this game. Um, as far as like a st- statistics point of view, he was he was absolutely one of the, the shining stars of this one. Yeah, absolutely, and I hate to bring it back to negative, but we did struggle to move the ball again in this game. Only four total assists, two in each half. JJ3 had three, but he had one. And it's just such a bummer after early in the season versus Lafayette and Drexel where we had 26 assists versus Lafayette and 17 versus Drexel. Obviously, those are easier teams, you know, worse defenses, etc., etc., etc. But early on... Our guys were playing well together, passing the ball, 
And now we're just not seeing that. Four total assists is just like, I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, it could be something as simple as like everybody's just trying to be, you know, trying to play hero ball. They're just trying to put up shots or whatever. But how many times, Zach, over the past couple of years, have we scratched our head and said, why couldn't we do anything on offense? Why couldn't we get anything going? And then we look at the assist margin and it's like, oh, we only had six total assists in the game. Oh, we only had five or four or whatever. This is another one of those games where you're kind of scratching your head. Why couldn't we get anything going on offense? We only had four total assists, Zach. That's absolutely not going to cut it. Yeah, it, it's it's a real bummer. And I don't know like what what they could do, or why this isn't like a huge... In my mind, this is like a huge problem. Obviously, we hung in there more or less. And obviously, Buddy did struggle. We'll get more into him later. But still, four total assists... It just it just doesn't add up to me, and I don't know why there isn't more of an emphasis for assists. Obviously, like you know, when Jimmy's you know dribbling and going, taking it in from you know three point line and taking all his dribbles or whatever, like you can't get assists all that even if you pass to him. But I don't know. It, it's just a bummer to see overall, and hopefully we can improve on that. Do you think it might be one of those things where like the point guard kind of needs to get the ball moving a little bit more or that the guards just in general just need to get the ball moving a little bit more? I mean, you'd like to see that. I mean, that's what we saw earlier. I mean, obviously, like we're playing a less lesser team, lesser lesser competition, but just like people were open, but they still did the extra. Sh- they just they still swung it to get the extra shot, which is which is this great ball and the, the right move. And it's just good for the team to get the ball moving, sharing the love. And I don't know, I, I would love to, that's the kind of basketball I like to watch. Obviously, that doesn't happen every game. And luckily, we did kind of hang in this one. So you can't, usually these games where we have four assists, where it's just like a blowout and we're like, all right, like, you know. Yeah. You know, you, there's way more things to worry about. But. Yeah, I think, I mean, one of the, I don't mean to point him out too much, but like Samir only had seven minutes of play time and you kind of expect that he's going to maybe have an assist in this game or something. He didn't have any. And I think it's one of those things where like you need more out of him. You need more out of Joe. You need more out of buddy to just try to get the ball moving a little bit because obviously like in buddy's defense, you do want the ball to go to him because he is the shooter. But if you're not having a good game, you also kind of want to get the ball moving. So he's kind of in a catch 22 situation where it's like, does he pass the ball because he wants to get the ball moving or does he keep it because he wants to kind of get a shot back? Again, he did not have a good game. He only ended up having six points total. So, and he didn't make any threes. So, I think, I don't know, just distributing the ball a little bit more and trying not to play hero ball. Um, I'm not saying that it, that was like totally the reason why we ended up losing, but it is one of the main factors. And it's just, three assists from Joe, one assist from Buddy, zero from Samir. It's just not going to get it done, Zach. Yeah, and it's testament that, like you said, they're playing hero ball. They're playing. They're playing iso ball. When, when you have four assists, you're playing iso ball. And when obviously Jimmy had a great game, but obviously we already met this buddy had a good game, and everyone else, you know, kind of chipped in. Joe had 11, pretty decent game out of him, you know, as far as offensively goes. But when you, when you're not balling out iso, then uh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy's the one excuse here for iso ball. Yeah. Otherwise. Everyone else needs to do more to get the ball moving and getting, you know, good shots. I don't mean to keep pointing people out. I mean, I guess I guess I am, so <laughs> it is what it is. 
But like I saw Joe turn his back again. It, it might just be like his play style, Zach, but it just kind of shows maybe like a lack of confidence or something being a little bit timid that it kind of goes back to what you said that we are a little bit of a timid team and against a team like Villanova, you really can't be, you've got to be aggressive. Um, and, and, and I think with a lot of these games where we only end up coming away with like five assists, six assists, whatever, you look back and you're like, yeah, we were playing timid. We were not trying to be aggressive at all. We were trying to be way too conservative with the ball and it just, it absolutely didn't work. Something strange that Zach saw on the stat line, on the box score, I should say, uh, when looking at Jesse and the free throws, he was the only one that actually took any free throws. He was eight for 15 on the free throws. He was the only one, Zach, in a Syracuse uniform that ended up going to the stripe. That is wild, especially the amount of times Jimmy went to the rim and took it in to the paint. I just, obviously, like, there wasn't a moment where I was like, oh, that's a foul, but, you know, it was... It was rough. There's contact. You know, obviously he made one of them finish with 21 points, but that's that's unbelievable. I mean, if you go to the flip side with Villanova, they only had six through throws, made four of them. So luckily it doesn't, you know, really make an impact, but it's just kind of interesting that that happened. And on Villanova's side, there were only two players that went to the stripe as well. So between the two teams, there were only three players that ended up shooting free throws. Again, Jesse shot 15 of them, though. So there is a little bit of a discrepancy there. But I don't know. Maybe it just kind of shows that Jesse was playing pretty aggressive. I thought that he had an okay game. He had seven rebounds and 10 points. He had three blocks. Jesse in those blocks, man, he looks like Hakeem Warwick out there. He is a blocking machine. That man is a monster, Zach. Yeah, the blocks were in particular were, were really great to see out of him. And obviously, this is kind of a low foul game. So, you know, he wasn't really in foul trouble. But, you know, he fouled out of the last two. So we got a, a thumbs up for Jesse for not falling out of this one, at least. <laughs> <laughs> he was him and him and Saimir ended up tying with the most fouls in this game. Again, like you said. A low foul game. They each had three, which wasn't too bad. It was nice to see Jesse kind of out of foul trouble for a game. He's still kind of adjusting to himself and everything, but it is cool to kind of see him grow into the player that he has become, Zach, and just sort of see him sort of dominate on the glass. Really is. And I I guess this overall, we're going to chalk this one up. We've already said this, but as 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 a W, we learned... We, we, it was a good loss. So we, we left MSG, we left New York with a positive note, and we're going into Georgetown, D.C., feeling good. Yes, sir. Uh, one quick thing that we, we do want to mention, because we had talked about it a little bit ago, uh, is the fact that, and Benny kind of addressed this, is we were talking about, you know, Benny's playtime and how it has dipped significantly and sort of there have been questions about if he's going to transfer, if he's looking to maybe uh, make a switch at the end of the year. Well, he went on ESPN Radio, Syracuse, and Utica Rome on Wednesday and basically said, I'm not going anywhere. I trust the coaching staff. And it is really cool to see that, Zach. And it's something that he absolutely did not need to do. But just the fact that he even brought it up is is pretty pretty special. Yeah, I mean, it shows a lot about his character. And his mindset, and just knowing that he he's locked in, and he's he, he knows he's going through this weird thing. I do think it's kind of like funny that he's like he must be confused because like this is a you know this is a he's a dog. Like, obviously, we know he's going to be a dog, and I'm sure 
all the time in his career. Like he never really had this like weird moment where he's like not like you know not playing a few minutes a game, not really scoring. So I'm sure this is like a weird thing for him. But to, to still stay locked in, to still believe in yourself and your program is this really good mindset. And you, you just love to see it and love to hear it. Yeah. And during his conversation, he had mentioned, you know, Coach Beheim knows what he's doing. You know, he, he's the best to do it. He absolutely knows what the what the plan is and everything. It is like, are you a little bit shocked that, that he's actually kind of receding less minutes or do you think it kind of makes sense? I mean, based on production, it makes sense. Just, I mean, he he does. Unfortunately, these past few games, he does have a bit of a short leash. We've we've seen guys, you know, in 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 Jim's doghouse before, and it's not always the best. Alan Griffin last year, our guy Frank Howard in years previous, and it's 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 a tough spot to be in. But I, I really don't. Obviously, I would love to see him play more. And I think the beauty of our schedule is. We've just about wrapped up, wrapped up the t- the tough non-conference. After Georgetown, we have Lehigh and Cornell. So I think definitely Lehigh and Cornell are going to be good games for Benny to get some more time, maybe some garbage minutes ish. And when we're you know doing well in those games, hopefully we can get some more reps and just see the ball get in the net, just get some confidence and just start building from that and have you know a better positive stat line and just feel better about where things are. Yeah. Sometimes we can see that where, you know, players are on in Jim's doghouse and all they need is just another game where they receive more than 10 minutes and you see them kind of ball out a little bit, or you see them actually put together a pretty solid game. I think that's what Benny needs. Again, we've got a couple of games coming up in Georgetown, not so much Cornell because Cornell does look pretty good this year, but Lehigh, especially, who's what one in eight or something like that, heading into this one or heading into uh, our matchup against them. It might be one of those things where he just needs a really bad opponent <laughs> to kind of bully a little bit and to kind of show everybody, like, hey, he is Benny Williams after all. He is like one of the best uh, recruits that we've gotten in quite a while. So I think that, you know, people kind of freaking out over Benny Williams. It might have been a little bit overblown, but it is nice to actually see him kind of come out and say, hey, listen, I trust the coaching staff. I trust the program. The coaches haven't treated me any differently than they did when I was being recruited here. I'm not transferring and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And on top of that, just like grand scheme of things next year, obviously, like this year is going to pan out. And I think I think he's going to find his place and he's going to get there. It might be a slow moving process, but. Like I said, this next next few games after uh, after Georgetown, slightly easier, especially Lehigh. So hopefully we'll get Benny going here. Zach, what do you think that we need to do heading into this Georgetown matchup to come away with the big dub? I mean, first and foremost, I would love to see... I'm going to set the bar high. I would love to see the best defensive performance today. I would love to see that. Yeah, I agree with that. I want to see a good, solid lockdown defense. It is nice to expose poor shooters, but it's another win to actually go out and play good defense and not just exposing defense. And I think that's what Cuse really, really needs because a couple of their games, like we said, have kind of come when teams are shooting terribly. So I want us to go up against Georgetown. Maybe they're shooting mediocre. Maybe they're shooting pretty well and we actually play a solid defensive performance and we're able to just 
naturally shut them down without, you know, any sort of question as to, oh, maybe we won this game because Georgetown wasn't shooting so well or yada, yada, yada. I think from the offensive side, Zach, we need more than four assists. I mean, it's just that plain and simple. Yeah, we definitely do. And beyond those four assists, we got we to get our, our guy Buddy going. And I think this is the game he's going he's gonna to come back. Georgetown doesn't have the best defense. They're not the best point in the season right now. Obviously, it's still going to be a competitive game. But I think this is the... Buddy's going to be back. I know he's had a little little two-game two slump here. But this is... Buddy's going to return this game. We're going to see the normal Buddy today. I really think we're going to see, you know, his normal stat line. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see Buddy get his stat line and, and just get the groove back. And I want, you know, obviously with some good assists happening, hopefully the rest of the guys will, will also be, you know, good stat lines and good flow. You know what would be nice to see too, Zach? I know we're asking for a lot, but it is near Christmas, so we could ask for a lot. I think <laughs> that <Santa>. we need... <laughs> Dear Santa. Dear Santa, you know what I want to see? I want to see Cole have a really solid offensive performance because it's been a little bit since we've seen him actually have a good, solid shooting performance against a, a formidable foe. Yeah, give me give me like... Give me, give me, give me four for, 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 for seven, four for seven from the three. Give me that. I like that. I like that. What do you think projection wise that we're going to see out of Joe today? Joe, I think Joe's been playing pretty well offensively. We've seen two instances of logo Joe. So he's feeling confident offensively. He, he He's, he's pulling up from the logo and the last two logo shots that Joe took, they went in. So I think, I think Joe's feeling good. He's looking pretty good, so I think we'll see another instance of you know maybe a little Georgetown logo action. Maybe I'd lo- I'd love to see that. I heard because I listened to this game, the Villanova game, I should say, a little bit, just a smidge on ESPN Radio, and I heard the the commentator say that Joe almost has a quote cockiness to him, <laughs> and when he's like that, he is unstoppable. And I kind of agree with them, Zach. Cocky Joe is really, really solid. Yeah, I think this is something I really, really noticed when he's a freshman coming off the bench, earning that starting role. And he, obviously, he's still cocky. Cocky still has that that confidence. It's more confidence than cockiness. But he was just like, you know, he's walking around like, "Yo, I'm Joe Girardo. What's up?" Like, and <laughs> it's it's cool to see. Sometimes. It seems a little quieter, especially you know when things are not going as well. So I'd love to see just a big confidence logo. I mean, it doesn't have to be logo, but you know it's Georgetown. If you can, if you can get a logo, that'd be, that'd be you know I'll take it. I mean, yeah, of course we'll take it. So we're expecting a lot out of Joe, and hopefully Samir is able to get a bucket. Hopefully the two threes transaction of him buying a bucket has gone through. Hopefully our Bitcoin went through, but uh, expecting a lot out of the Georgetown game. It's again happening a little bit later today at noon at Georgetown on Fox. Hope you're all able to listen to it. That'll do it for us. We'll see you later. Let's go Cuse.